And we're back. This is Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Tonight is Tuesday, May the 19th, 2020, coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Uh, hey, Joel. I'm doing well. I'm coming at you from Brooklyn, New York, as per usual. My hot take for this week is that I'm so fucking sick of hearing about the last dance. Amen. Uh, the Michael Jordan quote-unquote documentary quote unquote. Uh, that's been blasting across the sports uh, airwaves due to lack of live sports. And let me tell you about this. There's two things that really bother me about this project. I've never seen it. I don't plan on watching it. Okay. Um, And I'll tell you why. One, it's airing on ESPN. And ESPN, after an episode airs, covers it as if it was uh, (laughs) like a a newsworthy (laughs) item. Like they're covering their own documentary uh, ESPN quote, quote, is the Fox News of ESPN. Right. You know they do exactly, they have, I've, I've noticed this for years, they do exactly the same thing that Fox News does. They air the thing that they said, that they made, and then they cover the thing that they made as if it were news. As if it were news. The thing yeah. that they made. Right, yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I understand that ESPN is like struggling for, like they're grasping for content. I get that. But like reporting on something that you've made as if it was something worth reporting on is, I mean, yeah, it's Fox News. That's what it is. It's like, it's just Fox News. And it's not Um, even, you don't even report on it at at one time. Every show, Every show that you play every half hour right. is the exact same thing about the documentary. Right. As I, if it was a live event. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, I'd like to say that ESPN, I'd like to say ESPN, you're better than that. But we all know that they're not. So, but anyway, it drives me crazy. It makes me want to like rip my teeth out of my head. Right. Um, and then the other thing is that it's being like, portrayed as a documentary except for michael jordan the subject of the documentary had total veto power on the project (laughs) and they've like been trying to make this for years and he would never let it be made because he had control over all of the footage and wouldn't allow them to make it unless they made it his way oh and he's an alcoholic gambling addicted uh, control right. week and D bag and D bag. Right, I call him Gambler. Yeah, Gambler, the douchebag. Yeah, <laughs> that's what the last dance should be called. Actually, that should be the <laughs> real name of Gambler, the douchebag adventures in the Windy City or some shit like that. <clears throat> but anyway, the point is, is that they're they're like, you know, not only are they reporting on it as if they're news, but they're like. They're like presenting it as if it's a documentary, which it's not. Um, it 
is it could be an autobiography, but it is not a documentary because it's not history. It's not biased. And it's interesting because Ken Burns, the famous documentarian, blasted it, blasted it. Uh, oh, the he Wall did. Street Journal. Yeah. Oh, I want... the Wall Street Journal. He said, oh. I would never be involved in a project where um, control was given to the subject of the project. He said, that's not that's bad journalism and it's not history. Um, OK. OK, so like that's awesome. I want to get that link. It's as if you let Robert E. Lee have veto power over Ken Burns' Civil War documentary. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or Babe Ruth have veto power. Ty Cobb have veto power over the Ken Burns baseball right. documentary. Yeah. <laughs> An entire 20-hour documentary that only says nice things about Ty Cobb. Yeah. It's like if the Badlands had veto power over the Ken Burns National Parks uh, <laughs> documentary. And be like, oh, yeah, Dakotas are great. <clears throat> right. Fuck all those other. <laughs> yeah. Yo, yeah. somebody is a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, Wait. that was kind of a long and involved hot take. But the hot take basically is the last dance is fucking bullshit. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to give give you my hot take uh, uh, point one right now, based on your hot take, uh, baseball uh, journalist and overall douchebag John Heyman was watching The Last Dance and was tweeting about it. Something like, oh, I don't know if I can find it, but it's been, it was hilarious. Comparing, he was like, watching The Last Dance has reminded me how similar Michael Jordan and Derek Jeter are. Right? Right. And he got dragged for that because, because Michael Jordan is like good at his good at because Michael Jordan is good at basketball it is one of the funniest and he keeps trying to defend himself to his trolls but everyone is like Heyman you need to shut up and sit down it was you know everything from you know Jeter wasn't even the best shortstop on his own team <laughs> like, right yeah. He's like, I was just trying to talk about their competitive spirits and ev oh no. I'm not here to defend Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan was very good at basketball. Right. And He's Derek Jeter was not very good at baseball. Derek was not very good at baseball. Uh it was really, really funny. <clears throat> wait, wait, wait. Okay, how about this? Michael Jordan and Derek Jeter are both very similar because they were both not very good at baseball. How about that? Right. And Jordan might have actually been underrated as a baseball player. Right. Well, was, according to his documentary. According to his documentary. Right. It's like, you know that Dr. Dre made that NWA movie? I know I've talked a lot of smack about that movie for, like, kind of whitewashing history, so to speak. Sure. Um, but at least that was, like, not projected as a documentary you know what i mean that was like a, a movie. that was like a movie that was like a, a movie it didn't like pretend to like be a historical historically accurate thing you know okay it was, it was a dramatization it was a glorification and dramatization you know and i thought it was bullshit but at least it wasn't pretending to be a documentary 
Now imagine if that movie was released and Dr. Dre was like, oh no, this is a documentary. This is what, this is history. <laughs> history, yeah. <clears throat> That's what The Last Dance is. I really like how you're holding your pen as if you're an actual news, like, commentator. I need something to gesture with. Yes. I found that tweet. Here's, here, I'm going to read it. One thing that struck me about hashtag The Last Dance. Michael Jordan and Derek Jeter are the same person. The burning desire to win, the confidence in competition, the street smart smile and sense of humor. One difference. Jeter never would let camera follow him a day, much less a year. So, like, totally sucking up to Derek Jeter. Right. Like, playing into, like, every overdone stereotype that we have about Derek Jeter. Right. And then the first uh, reply to it is, compare Jeter to MJ again, motherfucker. Thank you. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> I like that they don't even elaborate. Like, everyone just knows what that's about, you know? Exactly. <laughs> uh, why does Heyman have a job? Uh, Jordan was the best player on his team. That's another difference. Jordan was actually good at defense and not historically bad at his position. Michael Jordan is basically me, but I would never let a camera follow me, so I'm better. I don't know. It's so funny. It's yeah, so I think that you should tweet back to him that the thing that makes them similar is that they were both bad at baseball. That's what I think that you should respond to with that. thing that makes them similar. Yeah. Is that they were both bad at baseball? Sent. Tweet sent. Yeah, see, that's live tweeting. That's yeah. what live tweeting should be. Whatever they are calling live tweeting is not live tweeting. That's live tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, real quick, I want to, oh, now I'm, I left, uh, uh, oh, nope, here it is. A shout out to at D.H. Sano, who tweeted, this is my hot take, reply with a pic of your pet, and I will do a quick line sketch of it. I tweeted him a picture of my pet cat, Marlo, and he did a pretty damn good job. He, they, they did a pretty damn good job of... Uh, giving me a very nice picture of my cat. So thank you, at D.H. Sano. I appreciate it. Send it to me. I'll put it on Instagram. Okay. I will do that. All right. Uh, hey, everybody. Again, you know, ostensibly it's a baseball podcast, but there ain't no baseball, so we're talking about whatever, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, ostensibly, we're a coronavirus podcast. Right. Thanks to everybody who listened to last week's episode about how to escape Groundhog Day. As far as I know, we're still in it. Right. Uh, and also, I just recently posted our latest B-Block book club about the wrong stuff by Red Sox pitcher Bill Spaceman Lee. Uh, please check that out. I think you will actually like it. For change, as opposed to our regularly scheduled content. Thanks to everybody who lives in Champaign, Illinois, Mountain View, California, Clifton, New Jersey, Chicago, Illinois, Cincinnati, Ohio, Conroe, Texas, 
Tel Aviv, Israel, Shinomis, Washington, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Barcelona, Spain, Redfield, South Dakota, Giza, Egypt. Thank you for yes. this. I wonder what they're playing in Egypt right now. Pyramid ball. Oh, dude. I mean, can you imagine sledding down the pyramids? <clears throat> I mean, yes. You would have that... snow on them. Right, you'd have to get snow on them. Right. So. You could sand sand buggy down them. I'm sure you could. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've never been there. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Um, if you were listening to us on Apple iTunes, please give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. You can also check us out on SoundCloud or on Spotify. Tweet at us at Gump on the Ump. Follow us on Facebook at Gump on the Ump. All right, Sammy, you ready for headlines? I'm ready. All right, let's get to it because so much is happening in the world of sports. Psych. All right, the league, uh, Major League Baseball and the Players Union are still not agreeing on a deal to bring baseball back this season. And at least one Major League Baseball star, i.e. Blake Snell, has said that he is already just focusing on next season, pointing out that it is stupid to take an ever-increasing pay cut to put his health at risk. This is a quote from Snell. Uh, I'm taking this from CBSSports.com. He was on uh, Twitch a couple of days ago uh, giving an interview, and Snell said, quote, If I'm going to play, I should be getting the money I signed to be getting paid. I should not be getting half of what I'm getting paid because the season's cut in half on top of a 33% cut of the half that's already there. So I'm really getting like 25%. Excuse me, 25%. On top of that, it's getting taxed. So, imagine how much I'm actually making to play. You know what I'm saying? End quote. Now, Snell's math may not be exactly correct there, but his general point, I believe, stands. So the question, Sam, is, what other scenarios are available for baseball to come back? Um, Well... They're getting hung up on money, right? Sure. And, like, I recognize that that is, you know, baseball's big money, and that's always at the center of everything. Like, it's not about the game. It's about the money. Uh, The owners are making mad money. The players are making mad money. And there's, like, the disagreement is on who is going to, like, not be making money this Who's going to be, like, making less money this year? Um, and the owner's argument is that they're going to be making less money because they can't open the stadiums. And so the players should be responsible for burdening that loss so that the owners don't lose money, which is a pretty ridiculous situation. But I think that the conversation should be like, maybe nobody should make money this year. You know what I mean? Like maybe all of the proceeds from major league baseball, like, the owners just lose a shitload of money. The players don't make any money. And all of that money that's made playing baseball goes to, I don't know, like coronavirus research or, you know, yeah, sure. contagious virus research. Because it's like, <clears throat> you know, it's the millionaires v. billionaires situation. Right. And, you know, baseball is like, 
baseball, like they can't get past this and it hurts the image of the game and it like makes fans lose uh, interest because it's disgusting, really. Yeah. And, you know, I understand Blake Snell. I, you know, someone's like, hey, we're going to send you into danger, but you're not going to get paid. You're only getting paid half of like what you're supposed to be getting paid. And also like, how about we make that a little bit less? And it's like, that's not, you know, the restaurant doesn't turn a profit on a given night. I'm not taking a pay cut. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, So, so I get it. And, you know, I think it's really legitimate, but, the end game of this scenario is we're not going to have baseball this season and it's not going to be because be because of coronavirus it's going to be because you know everyone was too like focused on the money and that's going to hurt the game long term well and not everybody's as diehard as i am and like baseball is like desperate to get new fans and this is not how you do it um so i think that like the money just has to be removed from the scenario entirely. Like all of these pay- people are making too much money. Like that, like everybody in major league baseball is making too much fucking money. So maybe they just take a hit this year. Nobody gets any money and all proceeds go to charity or some shit. Right. Right. Well, some, as somebody said on Twitter, it goes into a pot and you get a lottery and one wiki- winning lotto member Gets all that money and they have to use it to buy the New York. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That would be good too. Yeah. Um, Or like they just, but like all the money goes towards buying the Mets. And then it's like every year there's a, you like enter a lottery and every year there's a new team owner of the Mets. Oh, that would be a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a real roulette wheel. And like you just pray that you don't get traded to the Mets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that about, you know, when you're working for the restaurant, if the restaurant does, you know, has a bad day, you don't take a pay cut. You right. know, the flip, the flip side of that is if major, if in a regular, you know, so-called regular year, if baseball revenue were higher than expected, the players would not get a pay raise. Right. You, you sign your salary. You sign right. your contract. And there's no way in hell that the owners would agree, would say, okay, we made 6% more in revenue this year than expected, so all baseball players get a 3% bonus. Right. That's not how it works. Right. As ownership, the risk should be on you. That is supposed to be the entire point. Right. The, the reward, you get the reward if your business does better than expected, and if your business does not do as well as expected because you're bad at business or because there is a biblical plague that descends upon the nation, the risk goes to you. You have to take that hit right. as ownership. Although it's not so much a biblical plague. This feels like more of a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy plague. You know what I mean? It's like, huh. or, like a, or like a Monty Python plague, you know, it's like. <laughs> People aren't dying in the streets, It's but you just can't go outside. <laughs> like, everyone just has to stay home and watch Netflix. Right. Netflix and chill. Weren't you going to say something about Zoom? 
Um, oh yeah, I was cycling yeah. through a number of hot takes before I landed on the last dance because give me that your one really zoom fucking hot... boils my blood. Right, no, it should, but give me your Zoom hot take because oh yeah, my hot take is that to... Zoom is the most uh, like the most misleading name in all of business because it's you. It's called Zoom, but you don't fucking do anything. You just sit there. You just sit there and talk. Right, and like <laughs> glitch. Right. It's like in case and like if instead of calling this a podcast, we called it Formula One racing. <laughs> but it was just me and Joel talking about sports and recording it. <laughs> right, exactly. But you know, your your thoughts of oh, you know, we talked last week about what baseball position each plague would play. Um right. This is the zoom of of plagues of uh right yeah this uh, is the zoom of plagues yeah <laughs> pandemics yeah the zoom yeah. pandemics where you're just a kind of sitting there and you can't leave because it's you're still in the business meeting where you're just listening to 13 other people say oh wait you go no sorry you go no sorry you go no yeah. sorry, you go exactly and then you try to type something in the chat box and nobody sees it Right, nobody notices it. Yeah. And, like, nobody is wearing pants. Exactly. I'm always wearing pants. That's that's my number one rule for my Zoom meetings. I have to be wearing pants. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that makes sense. I'm not going to wear a tie. I'm not going to dress up for my Zoom meetings. I think it's weird. I'm very like, yo, this is plague times. I'm wearing my hoodie and my hair is not combed. Right. But my pants are on. <laughs> and shoes. Do you wear shoes? No, no shoes. I don't like wearing shoes unless I'm doing the dishes. Oh, interesting. Right. Um, I don't like, wa- like if I get water on the kitchen floor, I want to be wearing my shoes. If I drop something, like a knife, I want to be wearing shoes. Right. And it makes me just that three quarters of an inch taller that gives me that angle into my kitchen sink. Right. Really lets me scrub those dishes better. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I know. This is an interesting podcast. You mean an interesting Formula One racing team? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> because apparently we're just calling something whatever the fuck we want to be. <laughs> Right, so it would be a shame if greed gets in the way of baseball coming back. And and on the flip side, the only motivation for them to bring baseball back is greed. Right. Yes. Right, but it shouldn't be. It, right. You know, like, baseball's in trouble. We talk about that all the time. It's an aging fan base, and, like, young people aren't that interested. And, like, the like minutia of union like negotiations is not a way to get young people interested in your product. You know what I mean? Only people who are like really interested in labor negotiations. Right, yeah, exactly. A baseball fan. It's like if your thing is labor negotiations, this is like the most exciting baseball season since nineteen ninety four. You know what I mean? Like this is that why I have a baseball fan? Because I'm actually really interested in labor negotiations. Right. <laughs> Otherwise um, I'd be a WWE fan. 
So the players agreed already to take a 50% cut, right? And that's prorated, right? What? And that's prorated. Like, if we're going to play half the season, like, if we're going to play half the season, you're going to make half your contract. Right. Yeah. They agreed to that. They agreed to that, yeah. But if they hadn't agreed to it, would they have all just made their full contracts regardless of whether or not they played? That's what I don't understand. I have no idea. If the season is canceled, does anybody get paid? Like, you'd think so because they have a contract. Right. Like, if they get injured, if they get Tommy John surgery and miss the whole season, they get paid, right? Right. Yeah, I thought so. I mean, you don't get bonuses for innings pitched or wins, but you have a base contract. This isn't the NFL. The NFL, you don't because you don't have guaranteed money. Right. Yeah. So they've already, like, the players have already sacrificed a bunch. Yeah. Oh, you're making me uh, not optimistic about baseball coming back to the season in the main. Right. I no longer think that it is coming back. Yeah. I'm on team not coming back now. Well, you are, like that's what you think's gonna happen. You're not on team not coming back. No, no, I I want it to come back, but right. I'm on. I now think it's not going to. Right. I don't think they're gonna get together on an agreement. Right. And it's it's gonna be like such a squandered opportunity. Like they could be like heading back to spring training soon. Yeah. And they got. I mean, they should do it. It's like baseball is like what's gonna happen to baseball. Right. Are you uh, are you uh, coming around Loki to? An argument for why we should like nationalize the Major League Baseball, make it like the Cuban Baseball Federation, like the government should run baseball. Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, I guess so, but then I don't know. I don't know. Then maybe. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the personality teams would like they'd lose their personality you know oh right there'd be the the new york new york team and the boston boston team but i just feel like you know the mets would no longer be such sad sacks you know what i mean right (laughs) an exciting dysfunctional trash fire that gets watch. Yeah. A well-run league would be like, oh, this team's in trouble. We're going to shuffle around our people to send like good people to this team that's in trouble. You know what I mean? Right. But fun is like, why is nobody at this Miami Marlins game? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, I'm pretty sick of this. You know, like I, I'm like really, you know, I love baseball. And regardless of what happens, I'm going to watch next year. But, like, what's happening right now is, like, fucking disgusting, you know? Yeah. True. All right. Uh, Read me number three. All right. Moving on. Uh, This week in coronavirus news, as we are essentially a coronavirus (laughs) uh, podcast. We are a coronavirus Formula One racing team. (laughs) Um, We're back, baby Uh, In the most American move ever America is opening back up Despite the fact that most of the states Moving towards a reopening Do not meet the recommendations Set out by the CDC That's a long sentence I probably should have fixed that Um, State Supreme Courts across the country Are blocking states from extending Stay-at-home orders And businesses are open for business Bars in Wisconsin are packed 
and eager shoppers in Illinois are flocking across the border to newly opened Indiana malls for their retail fix. So the question is, Joel, how do you think this is going to go? And, you know, feel free to speculate wildly, but start every sentence with, I'm not a virus expert, but. I'm not a virus expert, but this is going to be so fucking terrible. I'm not a virus expert, but how come we're the only country in the world where people don't follow the rules? I'm not a virus expert, but I was reading a thing about coronavirus in Japan and how easy it was to get the Japanese to follow the rules because they inherently trust the systems that are bringing these rules down. Right. You know, and I'm yeah. not a expert, but it's something that's making me go insane about Americans being like, well, yeah, I know that the science says that we haven't actually flattened the curve sufficiently yet. And we really do. I understand. Like, I have had conversations with people who are like, yes, I understand that we're not decreasing cases in such and such a state. But I still want to go outside. Right. <sighs> I don't want to go to the bar. You just want to go to the bar. I want to go to the bar too. Man, yeah. I would love to go to the bar. <laughs> but I'm not a virus expert, but the only way to keep people from going to the bars is to have a rule that says they can't go to the bars. And if they go to the bars, they're going to get a ticket. Or so, you know, like you've got to enforce it. Yeah, I uh, I learned recently that my neighborhood in Brooklyn has received the most violations of uh, business closures and social distancing, like regulation violations. Yeah, they've like we've gotten the most fines in my neighborhood, which <clears throat> made me pretty proud. Um, <laughs> yeah, I also think uh, you know I really. I love the, and I say love, like, just in, like, you know, I love the way that pollution makes for a nice sunset. You know, it's like the the, uh, anti-lockdown protesters who, like, bring open carry into it for some reason, (laughs) and also, like, all of the pandemic people on the internet, like... I just don't understand how people like wake up in the morning and like look at themselves in the mirror and are like, this is like who I want to be. Nobody's like natural inclination is to just be like that douchebag. Like you have to work on that. You have to like work really hard. Yeah. There's way too many of them for me to be like, these people are all just stupid people because I don't think that there are that many stupid yeah. people out there. Yeah, yeah I agree. With that. <laughs> it's like it's like an effort. Yeah, it'll be like it's like a real effort. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, sure. Maybe, you know, all of the old folks home are just like stacking up with corpses, but like, <laughs> god damn it, I want to get a haircut. So you know what? <laughs> Fuck all those old people. I'm gonna strap my AK forty seven on it on my back. <laughs> Carry a sign that says "Question the Narrative" and like go down to my local state house, you know, or subway sandwich restaurant. Right. Like, I want to get a fucking Big Mac and I want to sit down at a vinyl table and eat it. 
with my fucking gun, you know, like, like <laughs> fuck grandma, you know? Right. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're saying. And the, yeah. One of the many ironies that I've been reading a lot about this is that all these old, like, the, speaking of our president, he won the 65 and older vote overwhelmingly in right. 2016 by like two thirds or something like that. And it's interesting how they're the ones who are all dying up. Right. So how many of the, you know, what, what does it mean if you're going to be a 65 year old with diabetes or something like that? Are you going to strap an AK-47 to your back and go march in the streets for the sake of freedom? I mean, I don't know. I feel like if you live that long, you can't be that stupid. It's just, I've changed my mind. I think all these people are just stupid. I think you're close to the first time, though. So they've got it. You have to be intentional, right? There has to be some kind of intentionality about waking up every morning, putting on your, your Stars and Stripes bandana, Wrapping the con- and then wrapping the Confederate flag around your arm, something like that. Right. No, you got it on your truck. On your truck, right? But you have to have both the American flag and the Confederate flag. Right. Flag. Because you know. Right. You America. don't understand history. <laughs> right. You gotta have. You're still wearing your face mask because you don't want to get sick. Right. <laughs> you know that's what you're protesting. Right, and but you don't understand that wearing a face mask doesn't actually keep you from getting sick. Right. You don't get that. No, and you're bringing your gun because somehow this is about Second Amendment rights, too. Right. Yeah. Right, because if you're going to be protesting something, you might as well be protesting something that's, like, not under like any sort of threat. Yeah. Nothing to do with this. Right, and not in danger, either. Right. Nobody's even talking about this. It's like, you know, that meme, whatever. Nobody, dot, 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 dot. You, I'm bringing my gun to the state house. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and then the other thing is also like, you know, I don't believe a lot of the shit that the government says. And I feel like the government in this country especially does not really have the best interests of like the majority of the citizens of this country at heart. I honestly believe that they do not. Sure. And, but <clears throat> even with all that being said, even if there was like a million times more evidence that coronavirus wasn't as bad as they say it is, or like it's all a hoax, which there's not, you know, I have elderly relatives, and even if there's like a five, even if it's a 95% chance that it's bullshit and a 5% chance that it's real, which is like the inverse of like the scenario that it is right now, I would still be like wearing a face mask and like obeying social distancing because like I don't want to kill my family. You know what I mean? I mean, I think there is a argument for small businesses are getting choked out of the industry because of this. Totally. Like, that's true. Absolutely. Yeah. And the answer should be that 
we need government-based like insurance, rent and mortgage, uh, relief, you know, uh, unemployment benefits, things like that, so that if you were a small business owner, you could afford to be closed for two or three or four months at a time. Right. That's what we need. Right, but that doesn't. No, totally. Oh, that's but that what. Doesn't help us now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I see. Yeah. But it's not like you couldn't argue that the coronavirus was a conspiracy hatched up by big business to choke <laughs> out small businesses, right. because like. Small businesses are not a threat to big businesses. Like, that's right. not the way that it works, you know? Right. I, I There is a podcast I listened to yesterday. You mean a Formula One racing team? I'm sorry, uh, an, an opponent, a, a, one of our opponents in the Formula One racing, <laughs> uh, 538 Politics. And they had a guy on to talk about uh, conspiracy theory. Nice. And, First of all, let me be honest, I spent a big chunk of the podcast yelling at my computer because this motherfucker was wrong. But he said some really interesting things. Usually, historically speaking, the people who believe in conspiracy theories are the people who are politically out of power. So that, like, so when 9-11 happened... The majority of people at the time who believed in, like, 9-11 conspiracy theories were, like, radical leftists. Like, Bush and Cheney planned it, you can't melt, uh, all that stuff. It was, like, mostly leftists who believed in those conspiracy theories. And, of course, when Obama was president, you know, all the, he was born in Kenya shit was all on the... Right. The way, yeah, uh, yeah. Was that Hillary? That was about Hillary, but it was when Obama was president, right? Yeah. That's so my one, one, one of the weird things that's happened in the age of Donald Trump is that the people in power are the ones encouraging the conspiracy theory. Right. That's his whole jam. That's his whole jam. Yeah. And that's He's a disruptor. Yes, he's a dis- yeah, that's exactly what he is. And he's going to keep doing it. But it's, it's so, that's the insanity of the era that we're in, is that, is that why is the, the one person who has power encouraging the conspiracy theory? Well, it's because he doesn't understand power, I think. Yeah, and he's bad. He's just, he's just bad at He's bad at his job, Joel. That's what it he's is. He's just bad at his job. Yeah. I also really like that he's, like, brought up slamming Obama again. Yeah. That, I really have been enjoying that. Because I feel like he's not actually getting the kind of traction he was hoping out of that, you know? Because, like, people are like, eh, well, you know, Obama hasn't really, like, what the fuck? Obama hasn't done anything in so long now. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he's going to have to find somebody else to go after. I, I think so, too. Uh, did you uh, watch any of Obama's uh, commencement speeches? No. They were pretty good. They were pretty yeah. good. Well, he's a good speaker. No I think Obama's going to have so much fun just trolling Trump for the next six months. Yeah. Like, basically, Obama's like, 
I'm going to be out here acting as if I were the president just to piss off the president. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Trump's going to, like, try to have his so, uh, Secret Service detail, like, revoked. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, God, that was depressing. Yeah. Anyway, coronavirus. Anyway, the coronavirus. Hope everybody's staying safe. Stay inside. Yeah. Stay home or, safe. Or not, because this is fucking America. It's America. <laughs> Live for you die. Don't yeah. tread on me. Give Take me a gun give out and like lick out. some public toilet seats. <laughs> because this is America. That's your freedom. Yeah. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Wait, you remember that future on my episode? That was a good one. Okay, last headline. Back to baseball. You ready? Yes. Okay, so like we talked about earlier, if the league does come back, they'll be looking at a severely shortened regular season. Most likely 82 games with an expanded playoff format, essentially turning Major League Baseball into the NBA. With the shortened season, teams will have to make serious adjustments to their strategies, and factors like injuries, depth of charge, and hot or cold streaks may mean more than ever. Question, what will be the most important changes for teams to make playing-wise, like on the field, in order to win this season? Um, well, let's see. Am I free to speculate wildly? Yes, always. I am not a virus expert. Okay. Or a Major League Baseball manager. But I think that you become much more conservative with hmm. your starting pitching. Interesting. Why? Um, because if you lose your starting, your best pitcher for three starts, like say you go on the 15-day DL, that's three starts. Say you spend two stints oh, yeah. on it, that's six nice. starts. That's like a 30-year starts for the entire season Yeah, right there. And so I think that you have to be really careful not to let your best players get injured because there's not time to have them, specifically pitchers, like there's not, like those starts become a much higher commodity. Yeah. And you only have a 30-man roster also. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would say, like, look for six-man rotations or look for, like, a roving bullpen start to give pitchers yeah. extra days off. Yeah, that'll be interesting. And you'll probably have fewer days off if they're going to try to cram 82 games in. You're going to have right. fewer days off. You have more uh, double headers, yep. things like that. Mm. Yeah. And they're they're talking about expanding the roster size too, so that also that would be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. You get a couple extra bullets in there. You get a couple extra pitchers on your roster that you can call up late in the season, like minor league guys, to give people stretch rests. Yeah, Um, I think that that I think is um, a change you're going to see for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you are going to uh, see teams 
I think that games are all going to be a little bit more desperate. Like they're going to be, yeah. it's going to be more and more, more important to like play it out, like to really win every game. That's what so I was thinking. That'll be interesting, um, yeah. especially from a managerial perspective to like, maybe you don't, um, what's the word? I like have have downtime. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, you everybody knows those games in June or July where it's like, well, we're down seven to one, and so right. we're just gonna play this out, and whoop, we'll get we'll get them tomorrow. Like right. That's part of baseball, right? Yep. And and if baseball was smart, and I think we've already established on this, what are we a Formula One race car? Yeah. Okay, we've already established on this Formula One race car that baseball's not smart. But if they were, they would be hyping this up as, you know, every game matters. Right. Bullshit, where, hey man, we're down 3-1 in the bottom of the fifth. Do I need to bring in, I don't know, like, not my closer, but like, you know, well, I need to bring in my uh, starter to, you know, how am I, uh, we need to win this game. I'm, I'm managing this game as if it were a playoff game. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's also, it's going to be interesting because, like, how often do teams have a good first half and then kind of fade down the stretch? Like, that's not going to be a thing anymore. It's going to be, right. if you have a good first half, that's it. You, you're in the playoffs. That's it. Right. Yeah. And and uh, I forget who tweeted about this. You know, the Washington Nationals started nineteen and thirty-one or whatever last year. Right. You can't do that. They wouldn't be in the playoffs. Let they, alone, though, they probably would still be in the playoffs because everyone's making it to the fucking playoffs. That's the other thing. That's the other side of this is that you're like, well, we just gotta finish. You know, a good above five hundred. Like the Portland Trailblazers, you know, we just got to go 42 and 40 right. and get seven seed. And then it's baseball and anything can happen. Right. That's the craziest thing. Hmm. hmm. I bet the Angels will win the World Series if we play baseball this year. If we play baseball, the Angels might win the World Series. How yeah. fucking crazy is that? Right. This would be this would be the season where it's like, oh, the Angels are gonna win the World Series. Right. Mike yeah. Trout finally gets a playoff game. Right. Because like you just gotta go forty two and forty. The Angels are constantly I'm gonna look that up right now. Do you I bet the Angels have finished in the eighty to eighty two win series, you know. Uh like five of the last six seasons, right? They finished over 500 in the first half? No, just in general is what I'm going to look at. Well, maybe in the first half. Los Angeles Angels. Because they're always that mediocre team, right? Right. They're going to finish. They're going to win the World Series, and Shohei Otani is going to win the MVP. I would love that, actually. Because he can do it, too. If you're a two-way yeah. player, like an 82-game season, you could be a two-way player without, like, wearing yourself down, you know? Exactly, yeah. This would this would be the year for him. Here we go. This is the year of Shohei Otani. This is the year where Shohei Otani could totally shine. 
Year by year, what year is it? Yeah. This uh, year, uh, why it's Christmas Day. Last year they were seventy-two and ninety. I didn't know they were that bad last year. Yeah. The year before that, eighty and eighty-two. The year before that, eighty and eighty-two. Right? Those those years, those they were playoff teams, right? Right. Year before that, seventy-four and eighty-eight. Year before that, eighty-five and seventy-seven. Missed the playoffs, they would have gotten in under this, you know, system. Year before that, twenty fourteen, they won their division, ninety eight and sixty four. Huh. They were good in twenty fourteen. Was that the year before Mike Trout started? That's what I'm just looking up. I'm really curious. No, he was on that team. That was the one year he went to the playoffs. Yeah, and they lost. Yeah. And they lost in the first round. Because, yeah. you know, they're the Angels. Because they're the Angels. West Coast Mets. <laughs> oh, my God. What if it was a Mets-Angels World Series? <laughs> That's what it's going to be. It's going to yeah. be a Mets-Angels World Series. The <laughs> Angels are going to win in 14 games because that's how long the series are now. <laughs> yes. Exactly. That's what's going to happen. Angels met World Series 2020. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. It's going to um, be an Angels Mets World Series, and then people are going to be like, well, I guess we probably should have just not played this season. We should just cancel the goddamn season. It was going to be Angels right. And Blake Snell's going to, like, get coronavirus and get really <laughs> sick, probably. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh man sad times <laughs> yep alright ladies and gentlemen thanks so much for listening uh, I really appreciate everybody who keeps tuning in please continue to do so hopefully we can give you some you know something to think about while you're stuck in your house with nothing to do uh for Sam, my name is Joel. Uh, make sure if you were listening to us on Apple iTunes, uh, rate, subscribe, review. You can also check us out on Spotify and on SoundCloud. Check out older episodes if you can. We talked about the B Block Book Club, The Long Stuff by Bill Spaceman Lee. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Dump on the Ump. We also have an Instagram page, Dump on the Ump, and a Facebook page, Dump on the Ump. Say anything else I'm forgetting about. I think that's it. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. The internet was born in Japan 2001. There were not many cats, so the not very high. The NC Dinos are 11 and 1. Are they, are they still winning? Yeah, 11 and 1. Wow, NC Dinos. You love that one.